Well, Happy New Year. And I told someone the other day, it seems like the holidays take a long time to get here and then they're gone in a blink of an eye. They're over with so fast. And this morning I want to talk to you about something that I hope will encourage you for the new year. I wouldn't call this a New Year's resolution by any means, but what I see from the Word of God and what I see the Bible saying about the new year, believe it or not, there is information in the Bible about the new year. And actually, in response to the fact that there is so much noise out there in the Christian world and in the secular world as well. And, and I'm not even referring to the wicked media that we certainly know is an abomination in this country. But there are more voices today, more Christian voices today, that I've ever been aware of due to the availability of the internet, I'm sure. And these voices are from all backgrounds and flavors and, you know, they throw their two cents into the prophecy pot. But the problem is many are saying very, very different things from one another. And this can cause fear to arise in the people. But how many would agree with me as followers of Christ, we're trained to hear what the word of God says, what's written in the book will never pass away. God said that he gave this word above everything and it's our duty to know what it says because it will change our lives even in the hard times. This doesn't mean that God doesn't choose and anoint and appoint prophets for today because I definitely believe that he does. But it's our duty to know and to discern the true from the false. And we'd better know where the line of hearing too much is and put our eyes and our ears back in this book. Amen? This is what happened to the prophet Isaiah. If you would turn to Isaiah chapter 8, we're going to read a few verses there. The Lord challenged Isaiah about this very thing. So Isaiah 8 verse 11. The Lord has given me a strong warning, Isaiah says, not to think like everyone else does. He said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do, and don't live in dread of what frightens them. Make the Lord of heaven's army holy in your life. He is the one that you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble. He will keep you safe. If you drop down to verse 16, preserve the teaching of God and instruct his instructions to those who follow me. I will wait for the Lord and I will put my trust in him. In this passage, the, the situation and the, the current in the in the Society was that Isaiah was being called a traitor. 
because he did not support Judah's national policies. Imagine that. A Christian being called a traitor because he didn't go along with the world view. But Isaiah told the people, he encouraged them and said, Seek God first and know what is true and right by him. Then compare what the king says to what God says. Isaiah even prophesied that the government would be overthrown, but he assured them that even so, the Lord would keep them safe. I said a few weeks ago that fear is a powerful enemy of faith, and it destroys peace. Our world fears the same things today that Israel feared then, war, terrorist attacks, disease, pollution of all kinds, and some of it originating from within our own country and officials and government outreaches. And their fear robbed them of their faith in God. But verses 4 through 6 said that he is our hiding place. It's where we go and we can ask him to drive away the inappropriate fears of these outside things so that we can stay focused on him. And that's God's love language. How relevant this is for us today going into this new year. Because God would have protected Israel had they just turned their hearts to him. And he will do the same for us today. Would you turn to Lamentations 3? I'm going to read a few short scripture there and then we're going to go to Psalm 65. Lamentation 3. In the prophet Jeremiah's day, the Bible said there were false prophets in abundance. Jeremiah was preaching a very strong message of repentance for sin against God, while others were preaching the days of wine and roses are ahead, nothing to fear, not confronting their sin at all. And in chapter 2, Jeremiah said, Israel, you should be rising up every night in the middle of the night, crying out to God and pouring your heart out to him like water instead of sitting in your self-assured homes. But lift your hands and lift your hearts and plead for yourself and your children. It was a dire message for a dire situation that Jeremiah was facing. Look at verse 18, because in the midst of all this terror going on, Jeremiah said, people, there's hope. Chapter 3, verse 18, he says of lamentation, not the book of Jeremiah, but lamentation. As you know, Jeremiah wrote the book of lamentations. He, he says, I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for is gone. Everything I'd hoped for from the Lord is gone. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. 
I will never forget this awful time, he says, as I grieve over my loss. But look at verse 21. Yet I dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin anew every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. There I will hope in him. And if you look at verse 25, the Lord is good to those who depend on him to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. I read that a few weeks ago. And verse 31, no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. Those he brings grief, he also shows compassion because of the greatness of his unfailing love. For he does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. This is our ray of hope. Jeremiah had hope for them. And we have hope for us in the faithful love of the Lord that never ends. If you would turn to Psalm 65, God's steadfast love is greater than any sin out there. And there is nothing he will not forgive if we ask him to. Even grossly sinning against God himself, he said he would forgive just as he would of Israel. Psalm 65, we're going to read this entire Psalms, not very long, starting in the back. Frida, if you would just take two or three verses. Barbara, you take two or three. Doug, and we'll move forward this way. Reading Psalm 65. The reason I want to read on this, read this, is because it challenges us to answer the question, do we really believe that God has good things planned for his people? Even now, when we look around and things aren't good among us, things are not good out there, Isaiah and Jeremiah both taught that God was good and that he would sustain the people. And so does this Psalm 65 of David. He tells how God provides abundantly for his own and that we can and we should be thankful for his many many blessings. Frida, would you read the first couple and then we'll move through, as I said. Thank you. 
Yes. I want to go back and look at verse 4. I want to read it in the uh, New Living Translation, which I just love. It says, What joy for those you choose to bring near, those who live in your holy courts. What festivities await us inside your holy temple? Aren't you waiting for those festivities in the Spirit of God to occur in the holy temple, I'm longing for them. The other thing I wanted to point out is in verse 5, he talks about those who sail on distant seas. That would be the non-Jews. That would be the Gentiles. That God's outreach included and brought in the non-Jews. In verse 11, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. This is referred to as the harvest psalm. And I'm saying that this morning when we're down or we're despondent from the things that we face, the things that are around us, we can look at this and we can ask the Lord who works in seasons. He said, I will not. Leave you desolate forever. I will bring you in. He works in the laws of nature. And he created those laws. The laws of sowing and reaping. So if we sow good seeds, he will water them. He, with the Holy Spirit, will water them if we've planted ourselves firmly in him. Audrey gave me some seeds a few days ago that grow in a jar and they turn into what's called microgreens, just little tiny short greens that you can cut off and put in your salad and eat them for nourishment. This has struck me so clearly. This is what I'm asking the Lord, that he would crown this year, this coming year in my heart, the little tiny microgreens that might re reflect our weaknesses or it might reflect our inabilities. I may not be able to make a key change correctly every time, but I can sing joyfully to the Lord and I can play for his glory because he's so worthy of it all. Just the little things that we have to offer. With his water of the Holy Spirit, he waters it and he causes it to grow up to something nourishing for us and others. The New Living or the New International Version says, You've crowned the year with your bounty, 
and your paths drip with fatness. I want my paths to be dripping with the fatness of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand this morning? I want to ask him to crown the year, thankful for what he's done in this past year, but crown this new year coming up before us with his bounty, with his harvest of the things that we have planted, that we have firmly planted in him, and that he can cause our little microgreens to spring up. Mine haven't sprung up yet, but they're coming. <laughs> that we can use them for his glory. Father God, we thank you for the bounty of this year that you have provided. And Lord, we are looking forward to this new year where the festivities of the Holy Spirit take place in your holy temple. And we come, oh God, hungering and thirsting and expecting to meet with you and to be blessed and anointed by the Holy Spirit of God. And we ask, oh God, that the water of the word, oh, would flush over us and cause the those microgreens, Lord, those little tiny shoots to become big and strong and tall in the Spirit of God in your presence. Oh, we ask it, Lord. You said that you would not leave the people desolate forever, but that you would draw them in. And we know, oh God, by the things that are going on in Israel today, that you are working on the Jewish people because your word tells us that they will not be lost, but that you will save them. We're looking for it, Lord. We look forward to it, Lord, and we want to see souls here in the distant lands across the seas because your word promises it to us. Oh, God, be with each and every one as we go forth from this place with newness of life, oh, God, and let us see those greens spring forth, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and amen.